When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Team.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, just like it sounds. Bowersock.com. There was a time where uh, I remember I was talking about how news never breaks on Light the Tower. It always breaks before or after. Yeah, whatever. And since I said that. Lately. Uh, well, Chris Beard was hired during during this show in yep. this time slot. Arch Manning committed to Texas during this show, and now we get a nice commitment from Trey Owens. And I'm sure there's there are others that I'm forgetting, but those are the – those are three that come to mind quickly. All right, let's talk about the Texas football staff. I mean, we talked a lot about the roster and transfer yeah. portal and all that stuff in recent days. And I'll even I'll get into some basketball stuff because there's an interesting thing maybe brewing, maybe not, that we'll talk about next hour. Okay. A little teaser for you. Uh, Sark has a couple of positions open. Let's talk about wide receivers coach. Okay. okay. Um, he's got several candidates. My understanding is, there are several candidates he's reached out to. It's tough to say that he's offered anybody the job right now. Uh, I think it's just you know, trying to put feelers Gaging out. Gaging interest yeah. and things like that. We have heard, we being Horns 24-7, have heard that perhaps Sark is looking for a somebody currently in the NFL right now to maybe be in that role. And then you get into, okay, who's in the playoffs right now? Who's got ties to Sark? Right. And, and the, the guys I'm going to list here, these guys, I'm not saying these guys have been contacted by Texas, that they've reached out to Sark, or that they're formerly candidates, but these are the kind of guys just with ties to Sark or guys on the staff that I think are maybe you just want to file away in case something pops down the road. Okay, One is T. Martin, currently the wide receivers coach of the Baltimore Ravens, worked for Sark at USC when Sark was the head coach. Robert Prince, wide receivers coach with the Dallas Cowboys. And again, if they lose to the Bucks, there's a chance the whole staff might get Yeah, I sure say all bets are off on what the uh, staff will be like there next year. Robert Prince worked with Jeff Choate and Pete Kwiatkowski at Boise State. You've got Tyke Tolbert, who, when Texas fired Les Canning and hired Jay Norvell mm-hmm. back under Charlie Strong, Tyke Tolbert, a Houston guy, I believe, from Conroe, he was a guy that I, there was some mutual interest in the job, but I don't think it ever really got far because things pretty quickly pivoted uh, to Jay Norvell. And then John Morton is an assistant coach with the Detroit Lions. He also worked with Sark at USC. So those are just a couple of names if you're kind, kind of trying to find NFL guys that you know could be fits. And it could be none of those guys. And Sark might not hire an NFL guy, but I'm, I, I have every reason to believe he is looking at that level to really find the right fit. And I think maybe you just need to bring some stability to that position, you know, because this will be your third for these guys. It'll be their third different receivers coach uh, in three years. Andre Coleman in 21, uh, Brendan Marion last year, and then whoever the new guy is in 2023. So I think maybe finding somebody that can stick around and and bring some stability to that position. All right. The other position that I want to talk about is not an on-field position, actually two positions that are not on-field positions that I want to talk about. One is director of high school relations. That was the job mm-hmm. previously occupied by Chris Gilbert, who has since taken the role of is Chris Gilbert assistant head coach or associate head coach at UNT. I forget. 
It's one of those titles. But he's also right. he's also the tight ends coach. He left Texas to take an on-field position. And he was really good in that high school relations director. So we'd heard yesterday, early yesterday afternoon, that the search was trending toward Kendall Miller. Craig, you've known mm-hmm. Kendall Miller for mm-hmm. a long time. Uh, been in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Uh, which Frisco school is he at? Emerson. Emerson. The newer That's one right. after he had done an excellent job at McKinney. Uh, and Gar- Gar- when he was at Lakeview Centennial, yep. uh, I think they'd had like a 30-year playoff drought yeah. or something along those lines. And yeah. uh, really, did a good, really did a good job there. Um, whether Kendall Miller was formally offered the job or not, uh, we, and again, we as Horns 24-7, we've been told that he's basically said he, he's going to stay at Emerson for one more year because, and Craig, you know how big of a deal this is, he's the president-elect. That's right. Of the Texas High School Coaches Association. He, which means he got elected last July, but he will not serve until the uh until the coming school year. And John King is currently the president, right? You're right. You have you have what's called an uh, a, a pa- an immediate past president, you have the current president, and you have the president elect. And the reason you have that is it, it you, while you do have the president who is a current coach, that's different than say Joe Martin, who's the executive director, mm. and Glenn West, who's the assistant executive director, they're the administrative body of it. But in terms of uh, in the day-to-day issues with the coaches, you have a current Texas high school coach or one who is finishing out his term before retiring, that sort of thing. And between those three guys, the past president, the president, and the president-elect, they kind of run it as a triumvirate, mm. really, so to speak. And the, and the president-elect is right there beside the current president learning the operation, and then he steps into the role next year, which Kendall Miller will become during the summer. Uh, he'll uh, take office uh, in uh, July of 2023. And that is a big deal because when he does officially step into that role, Kendall Miller will be the first ever black president of the Texas High School Coach Association. That's correct. Apparently that is a, that's a really big deal for him, and he really wants to see it through and uh, make sure he's in that role and serves in that role. So the search for a director of high school relations continues. Now, we've got a question about the next thing I want to talk about on the Specs text line, uh, 337-3776. You can look at job openings at the University of Texas and see that there is a special assistant to the head coach position that has been posted. Two things on that. One, that's not an indication one way or another whether Gary Patterson is going to come back in 2023 or not. As of right now, uh, it sounds like he's 50-50, and uh, my colleague Chip Brown wrote about this this morning. It sounds like he talked to Gary Patterson, that he's 50-50 right now. The option for Gary Patterson is not to go elsewhere. Basically, it's does he want to spend another year uh, doing the same job that he had this last year, or does he just want to take some time off, spend time with family? And it's coming into focus now. The, he really wants to make himself eligible to be elected to the College Football Hall of Fame, which if you're a coach, you've got to be out for three full seasons. So that's something that's really important to him, at least to get on the ballot. And Gary Patterson's got to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. He'll get in. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. The big debate going on about with Mike Leach right now and that the win percentage, I think, is what's Yep, the 60%. He's yeah. like at 59.6 was something his like career just, total. Just round it up. Just, yeah. just be like the, the, the algebra teacher with a heart in high school. Just round that thing up and, and, and pass it. Give you the, uh, the, you know, uh, the benefit of the doubt. I just sweat, uh, I just sweat a, little, a few of those out back in my day. I bet Snoop did, too. Did you have to sweat America. a couple of those out? <sighs> yes. We all did. <laughs> 
Yeah, we all did. did. So basically, that job would be filled by somebody who would pretty much be working alongside Gary Patterson doing the same job, but this is not taking GP's job. Okay. So I think we covered all the bases. Got a commitment coming down, uh, wide receivers coach, director of high school relations, and then that uh, the uh, special assistant to the head coach. I think this is just Sark, and I've heard this too. We've heard this at Horns 24-7. Sark really wants to start building this staff out. We know he's done a really good job of making sure – that the, the player personnel department is fully staffed, but I think now that you know you've got the resources, uh, and you know you've got that new thing now where, you know, a lot we've seen a lot of teams run afoul. Michigan's dealing with this right now. Partially, that's one of those level two violations they got popped for is analysts coaching when they shouldn't be. Uh, I think, and I've heard, I think Dave Clawson, the Wake Forest head coach, brought this up because the AFCA convention is going on this week in uh, in Charlotte. That basically say, look, if you're going to make analysts, you know, accountable coaches, but not these, just blanket, just make anybody that's on staff that they can function as a coach, because people will, people that want to find a way to skirt around those rules will, but so just make, just make it open to everybody and just let the analysts or special assistants just let them do what they do on the practice field. Well, one of the areas where you can curb some of that is make sure the analyst isn't on a headset. True. Yeah. You know, and, and, and for folks who say, well, I saw Gary Patterson running up and down the sideline, went on a headset. Right. So, uh, you know, that's, that, that's a big part of it because if he's not interconnected with what the, the dialogue, what's, what's going on with the coaches, then he's probably not nearly as close to actively coaching yeah. as you might think. Because you're only, you're, on, you're only allowed a certain number of headsets that have the ability to communicate back and forth with the, the walkie-talkie, not the walkie-talkie function, but the mic function. Correct. And you are allowed a certain number on the sideline. You are allowed a certain number of headsets. They're just headsets that all you hear is communication going on. There's no yeah. talking mechanism. So, so that's uh, that's one of those things. That, it's one of those things that gets brought up at the AFCA convention that you might overlook. But you know, if the NCAA does something to fix that before football season, which usually like right around April May is when some of those that some of that stuff gets ruled on that's something to just say oh i remember when that was brought up back in january so that's another one just file that away for for future reference yeah uh rodney terry to, to kind of keep it on that topic was asked at that media availability that you were at jeff about with regard about uh, are there lots of uh different assignments now for the coaches and he said things are pretty much the same that was, now, my, that was my question yeah that was your question, and it was a very good question, I might add. Yeah, I could tell. I could hear your voice. So what, what exactly – how exactly did you phrase it? Well, because I've seen Steve McClain be more involved. Yeah. And uh, I've seen Chris Ogden be – because mm-hmm. he was – I think he was sitting next to you and Eddie for some of those games. Yep, and, and I'll give an explanation in a minute, but and, go ahead. And now he's he's back on the bench, but I asked RT – you know, I know Bob Donawald is very involved with the offense, was yep. when Chris Beard was the head coach, continues to be. I just want to know – with Chris Ogden and Steve McClain specifically, have their roles changed in terms of their kind of day-to-day and game-day involvement? Yeah. And for, for, for Augie, it has, for sure. Absolutely. I would say for Steve McClain, it has not. Right. Only because I've seen him on the road. He and it practices at home. The way that he has worked, uh, certainly with the defense and the way that, that it's gone, it's it's kind of been that way mm-hmm. throughout. Yep. Augie, Absolutely. Uh, he was uh, he was a chief of staff, yeah. which is a non-coaching position. However, because they are a man down, they can they can utilize that position as as a coach. So he's basically wearing a couple of hats. Yeah, 
Maybe that's why he needed a break and was in Bob Iger's <laughs> suite at the national championship game. I asked Iggy about that when I see him uh, today. But uh, uh, anyway, that's you know that uh, that's a big part of the deal about that that delineation of duties uh, with Texas being a man down on their coaching staff. Uh, because of the, because of the dismissal of Beard and the elevation of, of Rodney Terry to interim head coach, because of that, it creates a vacancy there. Yeah, and so and that's where Ogden has stepped in. And hey, as a former longtime assistant and as a former head coach at UTA, obviously he has the chops to be able to do that. So when you see like if you get your uh, you know we get our game notes printed out for us, or if you go to Moody Center tonight and you grab you one of those programs or whatever, the single-sheet programs that's got everything listed, you'll see Chris Ogden listed as one of the three assistant coaches. Yep. So yeah. that, is a, that is a change in his, uh, in his role. And I can tell you from being on the road with him, I could tell a big difference yeah. uh, uh, on that. So, right. Yeah, so Chris Ogden is, and I'm looking at the game notes yeah. right now, Chris Ogden is listed as an assistant coach. Steve McClain still special assistant to that's, the head coach. That's correct. Uh, Texas women got a big win last night. They they uh, beat Kansas 72-59. Longhorns did a much better job. I, one thing this team does do for all of its struggles and being shorthanded with the injuries and things like that, one thing that they do seem to do, now Vic Schaefer will tell you probably not as quickly as he would like, but they do seem to address the problem of the most immediate shortcoming in the very next game. Saturday night... Uh, they went into that game they, having turned over the ball way too many times. They only had nine turnovers Saturday. The problem was on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. And I asked Vic about it in the pregame last night about, you know, plugging up one leak and another one pops open, and he talked about that. So the next one was about defense. And, boy, did they do, do a good job defensively holding uh, Kansas to 37% shooting, a good shooting ball club. And so they did that. They also overcame a lot of foul difficulty in the game. I mean – uh, Hadesha Five picked up two fouls in the first two and a half minutes of the ball game. Then Deanna Gaston picked up two fouls. Then Sonia Morris picked up two fouls. And it was like all these players picked up fouls, but they found other players to step up. Most notably uh, was Shaylin Gonzalez, who had her Texas career high of 26 points, her overall career high when she was at BYU. She had 35 in the game against St. Mary's, but uh, she'd had 22 earlier this year. She had 26 points last night. And that included 14 of those in the final quarter and went through a streak where she was just bombing away three-pointers and then got a steal late and a lay-in that pretty much put it away. And so uh, we visited about all that after the game. For folks who may have lost count, uh, Shaley scored 14 of her 26 points in the final quarter. I've asked you about this before. Is it a feel thing? You start feeling it and then you want the ball and wanting to shoot? I just feel like my teammates, they give me the opportunity to get those shots up. Um, and then once I keep hitting those, then I gain more confidence and I just let it fly. Now, is it is satisfying to you to hit a three as it is, say, a steal like you did there and then laying it in off the glass? Is that every bit as satisfying as a three or you just like the threes better? You know, either one. Either one works. You know, those hustle plays, I really like those. And, you know, just a quick... Quick, quick hit and go. How about what everybody had to do once the foul started piling up? Coach had to do a lot of swapping out on who was going to be on the floor mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, you know, we kept we kept fouling a lot, and we got to, you know, come together and tell the team that we can't be fouling that much, and we got to switch and change that. So I think next game we need to focus on that and not fouling as much. Okay, you're a brilliant student. Are you glad to be back in class? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Gotta love school. Glad to be back in the routine then, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Shaylee, great job. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, she, she kind of laughed about brilliance. I don't know about that. But uh, but uh, it, was, it was a nice win for them, and they have a huge challenge coming up Sunday afternoon at Moody Center against Iowa State. A really good Iowa State team. So, uh, uh, for those of you wanting to see Moody Center, and uh, you know, like Longhorn Bears said, maybe the tickets might be a little bit beyond your reach on the men's side. Uh, the women's game, uh, good seats available for that on Sunday.